welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show. That is at HEFpod on Twitter. You can also email the podcast. That is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook. Facebook page is facebook.com slash HEFpod. All the latest news in the English language covering the Eintracht is posted there, as well as new episode drops and contests that come along down the pike. So, we've had a little bit of a interesting thing happen as we have entered uh, the uh, November international break. Just to clarify with some Eintracht fans who might have been asleep, uh, just a little bit. Uh, the Eintracht uh, did, yes, uh, win in their friendly 2-1 over Sandhausen, but that's not really why we're here today. We're here actually to speak with a gentleman in the north of the United States of America. The not cold yet, North, I should point out, a gentleman who in the great city of Detroit is leading the way with uh, a very small but very devoted uh, and burgeoning fan club that is in the Detroit area. Uh, Chris Monroe uh, from Detroit, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Brian. Happy to be here. No problem at all. So, Detroit, got Motor City, interesting a connection with the Eintracht since now we have our own training facility that's coming in there. We can talk about that in a second. But what brought you to the Eintracht, Chris? What is your connection to the Eintracht? Well, it started a long time ago. Uh, public access television back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> um, back in the day, they played maybe one game a week from Europe, if we were lucky. And my coach at the time grew up in Frankfurt played with some of the, the young Frankfurt teams back in the, in the 70s. And then he came back and he found out Frankfurt was going to be on television that one game of the week. So he queued it up. He had our whole team over there, a bunch of nine-year-old, 10-year-olds running around. And and it happened to be uh, 94, I think it was in October. And it, Frankfurt was playing against Bayern at the old Olympia Stadium in Munich. And it was a back-and-forth match. It was wide open, play going both ways. Frankfurt tied it late. A great name, one of my favorite names in Frankfurt history. Uh, he was born in Frankfurt, Yugoslavian, Slobodan Komjenovic. Hey, do you remember that name? Uh, not <laughs> offhand, to be honest. So I had to Google it. it. For some reason, his name stuck in my brain for years. But I Googled it recently. He scored 20 goals his entire career for club and country. And two of them were in World Cup 98, one against the United States. Mm. Mm. There's your useless knowledge for the week. <laughs> there, well, there you go. I mean, I was able to pull him up myself, a former Eintracht Frankfurt player, also played for Duisburg, Kaiserslautern, and the likes, 1860, weirdly enough, and uh, even did some coaching times with the Eintracht, but now yeah, so in the, uh, the much, much maligned kind of, uh, I would say that's even like fourth, fifth tier of uh, the the German soccer pyramid. Needles. Kind of so, obscure, but... He shows up in Frankfurt quite a bit. There you go. There you go. Um, so I ran into him there at a match uh, 2016. Um, 
he had no idea who I was, obviously, and I think he was kind of obscure. I was at a place called the Cockadoo. It's an Australian bar near near the train station in downtown Frankfurt. And I saw him walking down the street. I kind of bumped into him. And with my fifth grade German proficiency, sounded ridiculous. And he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and kept walking. But it was the highlight of my, my weekend right there. <laughs> I, I hope that uh, the Eintracht did a little bit better that weekend, but it sounds like if that was the highlight, that might have been... Um, mm, well, that no, it been wasn't Armin a good Vey weekend. Time. Not at all. Uh, it sounds a little Aben Vey era, uh, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Um, it was. <laughs> so, having been over to see the Eintracht, what, talk about some of your experiences that you've been able to enjoy while uh, going to the Vajstadion. So it's been an interesting experience. Um, I was in the United States military, stationed in Vilsack, Germany, down in Bavaria, about 20 minutes outside of Nuremberg. And I followed Frankfurt as a kid, the story I just told, and and had the chance to be stationed over there, had a chance to reignite my passion for this club and started going to matches, attended a couple at the end of the 14-15 season, and then came the relegation playoff. And uh, that was in Nuremberg, the second leg in Nuremberg, 20 minutes from home. It was a no-brainer. I had to be there. And I took my wife, and we were in the third row from the top of the stadium in Nuremberg. Very old stadium, very historic. Um, but you've seen the video on YouTube. Everybody has with, with the concrete and the steel shaking with the Frankfurt supporters jumping up and down. And that was from a prior match, but that relegation final took on the exact same vibe. There was smoke, there was jumping. And then my most unheralded but favorite play of the modern era, maybe the one that led us to the success we've had the last couple of years, the Harris Seferovic goal that saved our, saved our club from relegation. Mm, player, questionable, goal, cannot be denied. <laughs> That's why I said unheralded. <laughs> Needless to say, uh, not one of the uh, not one of the easier moments as an Eintracht Frankfurt fan. Uh, I have my own uh, re- recollections when it comes to that match, and that was one that kind of made my skin crawl all week with anticipation for that. But anyways, um, so being an Eintracht Frankfurt fan in the United States, what have you found in uh, your local region um, kind of surrounding the Detroit area? For those people who don't know, that's the old uh, Northwest. Detroit is kind of a little bit on the border with uh, Canada, but the state of Michigan has got a very strong Germanic heritage. What kind of football fans uh kind of have you interacted with uh who are of the bundesliga ilk eintracht fans or otherwise you know it's been very interesting uh we haven't had mls here we had nasl back in the old days and and a couple iterations in between arena soccer was successful here but that's just not the same thing if we're being honest so when i moved home at the end of 2017 uh there wasn't a lot going on as far as the German influence. The big influence is Detroit City Football Club, which it rightfully should be. They've done a tremendous job with their fourth-tier program, uh, now moving to the NISA next spring. 
But then uh, the network of people from Detroit City FC brought me in contact with other fans from Europe. And then all of a sudden came the big news about the Eintracht Academy. Uh, 30 minutes north of Detroit, the program that runs it, they're called the Global Performance Academy. They sponsor a full academy with academic programs and sports, soccer, volleyball, baseball, things like that. And Eintracht Frankfurt's providing the technical support for soccer. So the, the technical staff for the soccer program is all licensed by UEFA. They're trained under the Eintracht system and the model that they think is successful. And they want to find that next young American talent, maybe the next Christian Pulisic or somebody like that who's going to make it big in Germany. Indeed. Um, now, is this uh, something that has kind of been put in like an out? Detroit is, uh, for anyone who does not know, it's a pretty sprawling place. Uh, is this kind of something that they placed in the inner city? Is this something that has actually been more to more out towards the uh, suburbs? So the academy is in Washington Township, which is about 25 to 30 miles north of the city proper. Um, part of the, the reason for that is the space. To have all of the sporting facilities you need takes a whole lot of space. So they had to look to a more rural area to make that happen. But it is quite convenient. Um, I haven't been up there myself, but I do know people whose children are involved with the academy that go to the school there, and they travel from around the region. Interesting, interesting. Um, Michigan kind of being a location that in the United States of America that uh, you guys get that odd snowflake or two. Uh, what is the kind of options that that, that so far that the academy has come out with that's going to be providing um, boys and girls both with the opportunities to play uh, year-round? Well, that's convenient that you brought that up because in the last 48 hours, we've had 10 inches of snow, and it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Uh, but <laughs> there is a full-size indoor pitch that's utilized by the football program. And it's also available to the other sports for their off-season work and, and training. You know, baseball will use it. Other sports will use it for fitness training in the, in the tough winter months. Interesting. Interesting. I look forward to seeing, seeing the fruits of that kind of grow as the years go by. Because one can only assume that, especially with Eintracht acquiring the own Fraulein team that will be playing in the Fraulein Bundesliga, uh, as they have acquired uh, uh, FC Frankfurt, uh, who will be kind of mold, I guess it's kind of a merger in between. Should be quite interesting if Eintracht, the first Eintracht product uh, who is an American who comes through the academy, it's interesting uh, to me if it's going to be male or female, something to kind of keep an eye on. So we've kind of given a little backstory on yourself Chris and your Eintracht following and also some of the stuff that's kind of happening in your own general region, which is quite exciting. Um, what have you found of Adi Huta season two? Cause right now we're at the international break. It's a good, I always say that you get to your November international break, you know, pretty much where you will stand in the course of the season. Eintracht, uh, 
uh, within touching distance of the European places. It's a real log jam, folks, uh, in the Bundesliga this season. It is hardly anything but a um, lock stocked for Bayern to win. I guess that will be the seventh consecutive uh, Bundesliga title in a row. Um, what are your thoughts on the Eintracht so far? I think we were on such an emotional high the way that last season ended. I mean, it ended in a tough way as we fell out of the league semifinal. But then to save Europe on the last day, not that we did anything, but to get help from around the rest of Germany to qualify for Europe qualification and then to make it through qualification, it's been an up and down feeling uh, since the spring. But this fall, things started okay. Things were little up and down, having trouble scoring goals. Finally found our stride. But the last five matches have been interesting. We had five matches in what, 15 or 16 days, two wins, a draw, two losses. I'm not really surprised at those results. I was kind of more surprised by which ones we won and which ones we lost. <laughs> um, but I think we have something. We know who we are right now. And we know what we need if we want to achieve our goals. I don't think anyone would say we're where we want to be. Um, but I don't think anyone would say that we've completely underachieved either. So we know who we are going into this international break. And then with the transfer coming up this window, the transfer window, um, I think we have a chance to make some improvements, spend a little bit of money, and see if we can make that push for uh, European qualification automatic or maybe Champions League. Who knows? Well, it is kind of a quite interesting look at the way that uh, the Bundesliga is at this very moment. Um, you kind of made your own views known on the way that the Eintracht is kind of performing in the Bundesliga. As we are still locked in on three fronts, um, the DFB Pokal, we're in the, into the third round of that competition. A uh, lovely win over uh, St. Pauli means that we get to host Leipzig. Ugh. Uh, not not exactly, and you know, this, it's a sheer, I, it's a sheer irony that you know Eintracht is going to be playing against Leip, uh, Leipzig right after we played them in um, the Bundesliga. So we played them on January twenty fifth, and then I mean, it's what ten days ish time, ten days, eleven days ish time uh, before the Eintracht then plays them again, and. Yeah, it's going to be in Frankfurt there, too. So it's kind of like round one, round two. It is a good opportunity. It's It's also scary sometimes when you face clubs back-to-back in short order. You know, I think clubs that play a lot more in international competition might be used to that. I think we struggle when we back up our three different competitions in close calendar proximity. We tend to... We tend to have our letdowns, so it's time we grow up and start winning some of those. Oh, I don't think that there's been a few that have kind of been head scratchers. I don't think that the three nil result against Arsenal was really uh, vindictive of kind of the way that the match was. I thought the two one loss to Liège was a little bit more like you know we really didn't properly deserve to be you know you know winning that by any stretch of the mind. And you have had other instances to use Europe again. Uh, you've had Strasbourg though. I, th- I think the team just wasn't uh, really 
uh, ready for that as you know we were getting started into the Bundesliga where we I was in between the Hoffenheim and Leipzig game and then you had them all again and then of course you would have results like losing to Augsburg uh, you know and well I don't exact there haven't for me as I track around there haven't really been any bad losses this season in the Bundesliga. I should preface that. Augsburg. Uh, <laughs> it's hard uh, to get over that one. Uh, Augsburg is, is going to be hard to get over, uh, needless to say. But I would like to point out that the, quote, bad results for the Eintracht have all been happening away from home. All four losses have been away from home. To be honest, losing to Gladbach, considering where Gladbach are right now and that they're playing on both fronts, is just kind of like, like uh, kind of interesting that you know they're performing at an even higher level i think that they're right that it's only a matter of time before they uh have a little falling off the face of a cliff moment but you know uh, there's still time there's still time that being said what sir what have you found actually the most interesting of audio hunters tactics and i try and ask this of many on fans that i meet um, what have you found the most interesting that has been able to contrast against what we were, what we got used to under the Nico Kovac era that Alihuta has brought to the table? You know, I, I think the biggest thing for me is we all knew coming in that counterattack was going to be the style from Audi Hooter teams, and certainly last year we took advantage of that really well. I think as we transition to year two. It hasn't so much been that same way. We still get a lot of our offense from there, but we scored a significant amount of goals playing from the back and utilizing proper passing in the midfield to create chances down the sides as opposed to strictly counterattack, which seemed to be the the preferred way with Rebic and Jovic last year. So for me, that's something that I'm happy to see this year, and I was a little critical of, of some of the new bodies early this season. We had a hard time maintaining control, but I think they've developed that chemistry in the first half of the year and are seeing a lot of good play. Uh, Kamada and Paciencia seem to have a good relationship together up there too. So I think that'll bode well for the, uh, the coming winter break and into the second half of the season. No, and what I've kind of talked to you kind of uh, just through Twitter messages and whatnot, it will be really remiss if we did not talk about the big uh, prediction that you made when we signed a certain Dane uh, <laughs> a year, what, a year and a half ago when it was announced that Friedrich uh, Rono would be joining the Eintracht. Give give yourself the little pat on the back you deserve on that. And you know what? Tell, I actually, tell everyone what you said. I actually wrote a note down to mention that in our conversation tonight. Um, I've followed the Danish game for several years, and uh, IF out of uh, the west side of Copenhagen, where Frederick Renault came from, I was familiar with him. And I said, you're going to love this guy. And I called it. Um he kind of had a tough introduction to Germany, that beating that he took in the Super Cup, but he really had no no defensive support for any of the 90 minutes, and I think that was tough for him coming out of that, and then the injury, and you know there were a lot of question marks there, but 
he seems to come into his own. He's not young. He, I think he's 27 or 28 years old. So he's not young. I think what we see is what we're going to get. But he's become that solid, reliable goalkeeper. And everyone held their breath when Kevin Trapp got hurt. But I think Ronaldo's been up to the task for the last few weeks. And we're going to need him through January. Because if he can play well, then we don't need to rush Trapp back. He's too valuable to rush back. Indeed, I can totally agree on that. And uh, I would be remiss also uh, if I didn't ask you uh, for the Eintracht fans who are going to be making the trip to Florida. I know that in terms of tickets, that still has yet to be announced. Shame on you, Florida Cup. Get your act together and, you know, let us know where you're going to place our place the tickets, what, what sort of events you're going to have around it. Just let us know. Will you or will you not be in Florida for Eintracht v. Hertha? As of right now, I intend to be there. Uh, still waiting on word as far as ticket availability and pricing and everything like that. But my intent is if the club is there, I will be there too. There we go, folks. There we go. So anyone who already planning to meet, uh, go down to Florida, well, there will be at least one name that all you need to ask around is, Hey, where's Chris from Michigan? Where's Chris from Detroit? And then some, and then one guy, uh, maybe not wearing BDUs, but <laughs> we'll be we'll be putting up his hand and be like, that would be I. There we go. All right, uh, Chris. Before we leave uh, today's conversation, uh, I'd like to have you have a chance to make some predictions uh, for where where the I track will finish, where we'll be in the Polkal and Europa League, who will win the Bundesliga? Because you know, we do talk about that from time to time. You know, and that's something else that goes on, and uh, where we can find you in social media. So, where what kind of predictions do you have for the remainder of the season? You know what i I don't want to be that guy. But I still think Bayern is going to come out on top. Um, dumping Kovac when they did, it was the right time to do it. it. It's going to play to their best to have that happen before the winter break. And I think they'll come out guns blazing in the second half. Um, I know that's not what you want to hear. <laughs> um, as far as Frankfurt, I think we'll be fighting for Europe. I think we have a favorable schedule. My question is, will we have the legs to play through three competitions if we're playing deep into Europa League or deep into the Pokal? That's all additional wear and tear on the legs. Um, I think we'll be fighting for Europe. I'd be comfortable with a, a finish in six, maybe a fight for five. Things are still close right now. And one can only say that when you play against Freiburg, you need to uh, not be... Uh, Deciding to go in for a sliding tackle after the players left <laughs> minutes minutes ago. <clears throat> I was kind of left speechless. I didn't really know what I was watching at that point. I don't think I've ever seen something like that. And I really hated having to field all the questions from friends afterwards because they know how much I love the club and it was really hard to defend David Abraham in that moment. Well, actually, I was going for uh, Fernandez, but yeah, the Abraham thinks. Uh, well, eh, I'll, I'm, I'm letting him off the hook on that one a little bit. Uh, how about either one? It, it, you know, it was it was a tough match. Emotions got to them, and there, there's a lot of blame outside of that. We had chances to put goals on the scoreboard, and we didn't do it. Yeah, those guys. Uh, well, you know, happens. Eh, moments like that. 
hey, look, if you're a Nitro fan, you realize that you have your ups and your downs, and you just kind of got to roll on the road, just deal with the roller coaster ride of life that is uh, supporting the Eagles. So, Chris, where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world? What are you doing? You can find me on Twitter. My handle is at C in the D313. I'll tweet a lot about Eintracht Frankfurt, other football clubs, or random matches I find on public television or cable these days. Um, and I talk a lot about history. I'll have a link there to my blog and other things, military history, U.S. history, and a lot of uh, the beautiful game. There we go, folks. And you can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. We'd like to thank Chris Monroe for joining uh, Hey Eintracht Frankfurt podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at KC, at me at KCSGE. You can follow the show at a, at H-E-F pod, uh, H-E-F pod, official.com slash H-E-F pod on Facebook. Uh, you can also email the show. That is hey, Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. So from all of us here, thank you for Chris, and thank you for joining us on this wonderful uh, look at uh, a fan, uh, fan's perspective of their connection with the Eintracht. Thanks again to Chris, and we'll see you again next time. Cheers. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt,